0: and
1: I'm Mizuki and this is Plus A1 Hi Ms. Hello It's been a while um, Today's topic, we we'll are be talking about the lower house election on October 31st So next weekend for us, we're recording this the weekend before It's going to be a Halloween election, so it's going to be a spooky, spooky election and Ms. brought this topic to me. I'm now in New York, so I'm not as connected as I used to be. But
0: yeah, Ms. take it away. Yeah, so as you all know, probably the lower house election is coming up next weekend. This will indirectly decide who the next prime minister is. So the way it works in Japan's government is that. In a lower house election, or otherwise called a general election, you vote for representatives in the lower house of representatives who then will vote for a prime minister in the diet. So it's indirectly voting for a prime minister, but I think our votes do count somewhat because you are voting directly for the person that votes for the prime minister. Obviously, it's not a direct vote for the PM, but I think there is somewhat of a stake to things. (laughs) So let's talk about, I guess, the situation that we find ourselves in um, with regards to the political parties. So I guess we can start with the current administration, which is the Kishida administration. Um, Newsflash, we have a new prime minister. So Suga is gone. The LDP had their own election to... Choose the new head of the party and therefore the new prime minister because Suga wanted to step down, and they picked Fumio Kishida, who has previously served as the minister for foreign affairs um, and the minister of defense. So he's he's not new to this, right? He's been active in the party for some time, and from what was reported. He was the safe choice for the LDP to choose. That was most like the continuation of the Suga administration basically. So nothing has changed. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care about the LDP election because like it's gonna be the same whoever it is because yes they're individuals but they also have to be loyal to the party and you know they can't really go way off course. But anyway, so that's the LDP. <laughs> Now let's go to the opposition parties. I guess it's kind of a unique situation too in this election because the four main opposition parties which is the Constitutional Democratic Party, the Japanese Communist Party, the Social Democratic Party, and Deiwa Shinsengumi, they decided to uh, band together for this election And they did so by agreeing on six policies. So the first one is creating a government or administration that follows the constitution, I guess. Like constitutional protection of government. Well, basically, the current administration has been doing some shady shit that is very unconstitutional sometimes. So they're saying that we're not going to do that. Um, The second point is the strengthening of. COVID measures based on actual science. (laughs) And then third point is battling inequality and poverty by trying to increase the minimum wage, strengthening, I think, welfare, stuff like that. Fourth is the climate change and energy usage. The LDP does not really touch on climate issues. I mean, climate change for the rest of the world is a very huge topic it's like the decisive factor for a lot of constituents outside of japan but in japan they don't focus on (laughs) um climate change a lot even though japan is like a huge polluter of like coal i think when we talk about like climate and energy issues a lot of our focus tends to be on the nuclear power plants but we don't really go beyond that there's like a disconnect between the reality of natural disasters that we see every year like the typhoons and like actual policies And, like, the responsibility of companies and governments in Japan. And so I think it'll take a bit more time for us to come to terms with that. Or we'd have to be forced by other countries to do it. Because, you know, the only people who know about this are, like, the young people um, who have no choice but to speak out against it, right? Yeah. Yes, the opposition has recognize that it's an issue but I feel like not to the extent that they should be focusing on it more. The party that pays the most attention I feel to climate change is the communist party. Okay and then the fifth point is about gender inequality. I think this is a big issue because they have been spending a, a lot of time on it and like TV when they do like discussions they always touch on gender and how to get more women in the workforce and like why aren't women working more. <laughs> and like how can we better create a society or a system in which women want to go back to work and actually like want to have more kids i guess and want to create a family so you can kind of tell how well each party understands this issue by like what talking point they choose to focus on so the ldp issue and like Komeito, they all focus on like financial things like making lunches free school lunches free i guess and like making public education free for kids up to high school, I think. For them, I guess they see the issue as people are not having kids because it's too much money or like they don't have enough money. But but I think that's not enough. Of course, those policies will help to some extent. But I think it's like the fundamental issue is like the working culture in Japan, where people work too long and for very little pay, right? And you know, the pay obviously has not increased for young people. And the Parties that do recognize this is the Social Democratic Party and the Communist Party. Yeah, like another clarification I wanted to make is like, it's not that
1: women aren't working, it's that they're just like working like really stagnant, low paying jobs. So they're usually working after having children, they will work like pato or arubaito, which is like a part time job in like a storefront or like some sort of small business. Or you end up working as a haken, which is like a temp worker. And the way that the Japanese employment system works is that if you're not a full time, like, quote unquote, official employee, there's very little opportunity for you to advance in your workplace Basically, even like the work, the type of work they can do as a Huckin, as as a quote unquote official employee is different. Like Huckin are, you know, usually paid by an agency, so they're not paid directly by the company. So they're not privy to like more official company information, like are usually like temp workers, like I said, so they can't be put onto like long-term projects. So it's not that all the Japanese women are like at home, <laughs> it's that they are working, it's just that they earn less compared to their male peers. And that happens as early as in their 20s. Yeah,
0: that's a good point, because I think that's a big issue that the parties have focused on this election is closing the gap between the genders in the workforce, they recognize a lot of the part-time work or like temp workers are women. A lot of companies get away with hiring temp workers and not hiring them as like full-time like company workers, it's more stable to be a full-time employee because then you get like benefits and healthcare and stuff like that. For a lot of women to not have those things is creating this like inequality within the workplace. Like honestly, I don't want to work. Like I hate work. If I have the option to not work, why would I choose the option to work? Most workplaces in Japan have like terrible working culture. So like why would I want to go back to that, you know? So I feel like maybe this issue isn't like a woman issue <laughs> maybe it's like a labor issue <laughs> yeah and maybe we should be fixing like the working culture in Japan
1: yeah, like because like, well, number one, like child care is expensive and or very competitive. Like you have to apply like the moment you get pregnant or like the moment that the baby is born to even have like a chance at these like national um, what are they call daycares. And then if you can't get into those daycares, you have to put them into private daycare, which is like a similar issue in like the U.S. or other places. Is like sometimes more expensive than like the potential salary you would earn during those hours. So, yeah, I think it's like a work culture issue where you have to make like an environment where people like are
0: okay with working (laughs) or that they want to come back right and then the sixth point is creating a transparent government where there is no abuse of power so that was the opposition's six points that they agreed on the opposition is banding together and in a lot of the districts the opposition parties will put forth a unified candidate to kind of combat the LDP candidate and they have to do this to some extent because the way that elections work in Japan, this thing called Shosenkyoku, which is single member district. So areas are divided into districts, right? And then only one person will be elected from that district. So when you think about it, that kind of gives the LDP an advantage if they're the party with the strongest hold, if only one person gets elected from that district then it's obviously going to be the LDP. Whereas if you have an election system where you have multiple people who get elected from one district, then maybe like an LDP and then an opposition candidate can both go into the diet. But in Japan, we have this system where only one person gets elected. The stakes are very high. And so the opposition parties, they can't all put forth their own candidate because then that would divide the vote between the opposition, right? And so some of the districts still have multiple candidates from multiple opposition parties. But for a lot of them they are putting forth a unified candidate. And another I guess an issue with this is that this means that in this election the Japanese Communist Party had to give a lot of their candidates up basically so that they can put forth a unified like CDP candidate. I mean they have to do that for the strategy, but that means that they are sacrificing a lot of their potential candidates to be elected into the Diet. And I say this is an issue because that means basically the CDP is, in a lot of districts, are counting on votes from... The constituents of other opposition parties to get their party members elected but then for this election the cdp and the communist party they both like agreed on the terms <laughs> for this election and one of them was like edano ikkyo who is the leader of the cdp was like if they gain the majority and get a hold of the cabinet and like the prime ministership the cdp is like oh we're not gonna include any japanese communist party members in our cabinet they don't want to be associated with them which is like a huge like disrespect to the jcp i feel like or i don't really understand like if you use jcp
1: votes but then you're not going to involve any jcp members into your party then like why would any jcp voters vote for you
0: Ma I guess because they recognize that it's, I guess, it's at least better than the LDP. Uh, but it just feels so, like, disappointing to hear coming from a leader from the biggest opposition party who supposedly is working for the good of everyone, who who kind of has to be the leader for the opposition in a sense, because the CDP is the biggest opposition party. But Adanye Kyo is kind of doing it in a way where the CDP comes out on top, and he's not really listening to the other opposition parties which kind of concerns me and another I guess another concerning thing for this election period this happened a little while ago but so if you remember the leader of Reiwa Shinsengumi who is Yamamoto Taro so he is currently not in the diet remember he sacrificed his position in the upper house election a few years ago where he was third in line for like the Hide which is when you vote for the party but they didn't get enough votes for three people to get in so that the, only the top two got in. So he is now for this election trying to, trying to get reelected through the lower house. So a couple of weeks ago he announced that he is gonna run from tokyo's district 8 and <laughs> when he said that the rest of the opposition especially the cdp was like what the fuck man like you can't just like suddenly come out and say this like we already have our own cdp candidate who's been there i guess for like six years trying to like work with the community and trying to get herself reelected." they got really mad and the, i guess the media was kind of playing it as like oh Yamamoto Taro, the wild card again like <laughs> Does something out of the blue. But it's like, no 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 no. Like you look a little bit deeper, you will see that it's kind of an issue within the opposition. So what happened was Yamamoto Taro wanted to run from District 8. And so obviously he wasn't gonna just come out and do this on the out of the blue, right? He has to talk to Edanlykyo. So he said to uh, a representative within the CDP. He didn't say it directly to, I don't know, but he said it to someone in the CDP that, oh, I'm, I'm going to run from, from District 8. And because he didn't hear anything back from them, he took that to mean that they're okay with it. Like, oh, you can go ahead and do it, right? So he was like, so that's why he said, I'm gonna run from District 8. But according to Edan Yukio, allegedly he did not hear anything about this. So then that means one of two things. Either Edan Yukio is lying and he did hear about it, but he didn't consult with Yamamoto Taro or like he didn't talk to him about it. Or that the person that Yamamoto Taro talked to within the CDP did not communicate that information to Edan Yukio. Both of which makes CDP, I think, look bad. Because, first of all, like, Edan de is like, like, you're supposed to be the leader that is supposed to be in communication with all the opposition parties, right? You're supposed to be a unified front. And if you're not willing to, like, communicate with your allies, then what does that tell the people about the kind of government you're going to run when you potentially gain the administration, right? It just doesn't look great. But anyway, that was the Yamamoto Taro debacle. Yeah, I feel like Yamamoto Taro really gets put into like a bad light. I guess he's just so controversial. (laughs) Like that has a little bit to do with, I guess, maybe some people are afraid of him because he has a lot of charisma. I guess a lot of people don't have he really is a great speaker it's such a waste to not have him in the diet because of how good at speaking he is like and then, like it was just it's just like yelly but you want is actually good at speaking like if you watch like the tv like like on tv like whenever edano speaks like he's so loud that's it but anyway so let's move on from this let's talk about voting strategies and what you're actually supposed to do at this voting Because it's a little bit different this time because there's actually three things this time that you're supposed to vote for. So for this election, when you go inside, you get two slips. The first one is for the individual candidate that is running from your district. So those would be the people whose faces you would see on the posters that they have up now. And so slip one is for that. And then the second slip is for... Is called Hirae Daihyo and that's the one where you write the party name. And this is because the voting is split for the lower house election, so some of the candidates are decided by who is running from that district, but then the other portion of elected representatives are decided by the number of votes the party gets. So the greater number of votes the party gets, the more number of candidates they are able to send to the diet to the lower house. And so there's kind of like two voting pools. And so the second slip that you get is for the party and they don't have to be for the same party. If you voted for a candidate who is from the CDP, like you don't have to put down the CDP for the other slip. You can choose to vote for another party. So for example, Yamamoto Taro, because of the whole debacle, Yamamoto Taro is not running from district eight anymore. He like stepped down. And instead he's gonna try to get back into the diet through the Hire system. So Yamamoto Taro, this election, put himself number one for Reiwa's Hire. So if enough people vote Dewa for Hire, then Yamamoto Taro will be elected, but he just won't be a district candidate. I think Neva has enough votes for at least Yamamoto Taro to get back in. And I think for this election, especially because the Communist Party is dropping some of their district candidates, I personally will put down... Kyosanto or like the Communist Party down for the Hide because I want to see more party members. I feel like I trust the, JC, the Communist Party more because they're actually- like their party is based on like an actual doctrine. Uh, whereas the CDP is not really. They, they have kind of flip-flopped their policies in the past before like with the whole like consumer tax or like their policies on nuclear power plants I think. So I I trust the JCP a little bit more. So a strategy would be to, for in the district, vote for the opposition party, if you have just one. And then for here vote communist, I guess. I'm so sad because the Meguro district candidate where I live in is like, so boring it's just like <laughs> an old dude and apparently he's not like very popular either so it's like which is i guess another bad thing about the show Senkiku is that like if you only have a one candidate from the opposition and but it's like a shitty candidate but you have no other choice but to vote for this guy it's like i don't like that really <laughs> yeah
1: it doesn't excite yeah. you it doesn't get anybody else excited
0: but anyway so those are the two slips that you get where you're voting for a representative for the lower house. But this time, there is an additional section. So the third thing that you have to do is the evaluation for the Supreme Court justices that are currently on the Japanese Supreme Court. For Japan, we have 15 Supreme Court judges. And for this election, 11 of them will be under evaluation, which is really difficult because not much information is available, like readily available about... Who these people are and like how they voted in which cases and stuff. NHK does have a little bit of information and I think it is useful because it's like visually easy to understand. And I think for this election, one of the main cases that was recently decided was like the issue of um, separate surnames or separate last names for married couples Um, that was decided by the Supreme Court and they have a list of like who voted it as constitutional versus unconstitutional and then so you could potentially use that as a reference on like who to evaluate and the way you evaluate is like they gave you a list of the names of the Supreme Court justices and then you have to put an X on top of their name. But that requires you to like know the names of these Supreme Court justices, right? So I suggest you do some research yeah, beforehand and like remember who you want to evaluate so that you can do that correctly. Um, but I think the other tricky thing about this is like, yes, the separate last name is a major issue. But I think if you're just basing your evaluation on that one issue, (laughs) it's a little bit like incomplete because they've also voted for other things, you know? And for example, another big issue, I think, is like the issue of like the U.S. bases in Okinawa. And a lot of those decisions were passed through the Supreme Court. And some of the justices who said that not giving the option for married couples to choose separate last names is unconstitutional. So some of the good justices made some questionable choices in like other cases, especially regarding Okinawa and like the base issues. So it's like you can't really base your evaluation on one issue is what I want to say. So I would suggest go look at NHK, but that's another thing that we have to do this time. When you evaluate the Supreme Court
1: justices
0: like that, does something get done with
1: that information?
0: Oh yeah, it does have an impact if enough people do the X thing, then they're taken out of their seat. I guess the last point I wanted to make is that I'm obviously sounding very biased because I am. <laughs> obviously, you can make your own decisions. But I just I just, I just wanted to say, because I feel like my overall understanding or like my politics has shifted from the time that we first decided to start this podcast. <laughs> so... I am sounding biased because I am biased (laughs) and I think I also want to say this because there has been a greater sense I feel like of uh, young people recognizing that voting is an issue that they should take a part in. And there have been a lot of, especially on Instagram, like a lot of groups and organizations that really try to advocate for young, younger people and younger generations to come out and vote, which I think is great and is obviously a starting point. But what a lot of those organizations or groups do is they obviously kind of have to play fair, I guess. And I think that's because you kind of have to establish your legitimacy and I guess you can't really do that especially in Japan, if you're a little biased. <laughs> I mean, I think, this is my speculation, I think my the people who run them are obviously, you know, more liberal. Because I think, fundamentally, if you're trying to get more people to go vote, I feel like that is saying something about, like, your overall politics. <laughs> because, you know, the more people who vote, the less likely LDP is going to be reelected. But I think the issue with that is, like, like, I, I'm not really interested in giving platforms to all of the politicians from all parties because you know a lot of a lot of those people don't say a lot of good things so I get why they have to do that but I'm not really interested in doing that. But I think Japan is still at a point of trying to get more people to go vote and trying to destigmatize voting and being politically conscious. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's not a bad thing to go vote. It's just that voting isn't the final answer. Since starting our podcast, I said that my politics has shifted, but I also think that my thinking towards voting has also changed a little bit. I don't wanna like discourage people from voting, but I do wanna say that it's not the only thing we should be doing because voting and policies take time and for a lot of us, we have that time available. We are comfortable enough in our livelihood that we can just go vote and wait for these policies to take action and that is a privilege. Because a lot of people do not have that time to just like sit by and like watch policy happen. For a lot of people, their livelihood is more urgent and they need more help than just people going out to vote. And so, sure, voting is important, but so is helping each other out while we wait for policies to take shape. And I think for a lot of us with money, what a lot of us can do is share that wealth with other people who really need it and for whom like a little bit of money goes a long way like i get that japan is still at this point of let's go out to vote hooray like okay fine but i don't want to see people who are capable of recognizing that voting is limited or there is a limit to voting i don't want to see them be like oh everyone let's go vote so we can change Japan or like your vote matters so much this is the only way (laughs) like because it's not right because like there are other things that we can be doing um so I'm just a little bit tired like I, I get it like voting is fine like that's that's great but I think if you have the means you can do something else too 'Cause voting is like the bare minimum you can do, I feel like. Especially for us as like people who graduated from like international schools and who are mostly working at consulting firms <laughs> and like and like banks and stuff. You can like go join places too. Like there
1: are people in Japan who are like actively working towards things. And like whenever like you vote, like you are just operating within like a capped system. Even if you were to like vote for the most like radical change, it's still within the capped, encircled realm of like what is still like seen as appropriate by the dominant politicians.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, things can change, but it's just like gonna take a long, long time. And some people cannot wait that long. But anyway, (laughs) voting next weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I think a lot of people are optimistic. Which is nice to see I guess but we'll see, we'll see what happens.